Welcome to the Live More Why podcast, you guys. Cody Lou here, back with Eric Elliott, hey, and guys. we have a very special guest, one of our coaches here at CrossFit Moirai, Ryan Graham, aka Coach RG. Say hi to everyone, Ryan. Hey, everybody. Afternoon. Um, so we thought we would take this week as an opportunity to start to start talking to some of our of the other coaches here at CrossFit Moirai, other than just me and Eric, and let you guys get to know some of the other staff that work here as well. So, uh, Ryan, why don't, you, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay. Uh, I have been coaching in CrossFit for three years now. So, originally started at CrossFit Moirai, day one. Been here ever since we've been open. Uh, I've been doing CrossFit probably for about six years, five and a half, six years. A um, couple years into doing CrossFit, decided I wanted to start coaching and doing that. I am now, as of a couple months ago, 40 years old. So Woo! 40 years young, I guess, whichever. Um, so I'm in Second that. Second division master. Yeah, 40 <laughs> yeah. to 44. Sweet. Um, yeah, I've got, um, I've got three kids. Um, I have a 14-year-old daughter. I've got twin 10-year-olds that keep me busy week yeah. on, week off. And, you know, attempt to do fitness in between there and work a full-time job. Coach part-time. And... Uh, yeah, and enjoy life. Yeah, busy, busy guy. How did you get into like? How did you meet Carrie? Because we opened in sixteen, oh, like three years ago. Yeah, so, like, two thousand sixteen. How do you how do you get on like? You know, I'm sure they did like you know open houses and stuff like that, or just like meeting greets with the community. How do you meet them, and uh, like how do you get to coaching from there? Yeah, it's, so it actually was was meeting Carrie and Kyler. That's how it sort of all started kind of caught rumor that uh, there was a CrossFit gym that was going to be opening in Chestermere. So I started digging around and found out that uh, they were going to be doing an sort of an open house thing at the, at the rec center. And so I came in and after I sent a, a nice long email to Carrie about how passionate I was about <laughs> coaching and, uh, and CrossFit. And so she had emailed back with a couple questions like, Oh, if you're passionate about coaching, you must have your level one. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I just do CrossFit. And at that point, I thought maybe that was enough. <laughs> yeah. um, so I came in, met, met her and Kyler at sort of the open house at the rec center, talked a bit about CrossFit, a bit of my background, um, family life, all that fun stuff. And then after that email and meeting with them, Carrie sort of reached out to me and said, we'd love to do an interview with you. Um, so her and Kyler sort of sat down more one-on-one -on -one with me. And then that's where they said, you need to have your level one before you can, you right. can coach. Um, so I started looking into that and then, uh, just as we were opening, I had finished my level one, but I didn't have the test results. And it was the first time in CrossFit headquarters history that their machine that marks the tests had broken down. <laughs> so it literally took right until the day that we opened yeah. for me to get my results. And I was the most nervous person you've ever seen. Crazy. I wanted to throw up daily looking at my email, waiting for that email Wait, to, come to come through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, you mentioned obviously having a passion for, for CrossFit and wanting to coach. And I think that's a bit of an understatement. Ryan is one of our, one of our funnest, most energetic coaches, even at five fifteen in the morning, which is the time that he normally coaches. And he, he's the epitome of, of making the gym the best hour of your day. He's like, oh, I just want to give yeah, you a hug, super, super Thanks, fun, buddy. dude. Awesome coach. <laughs> when it comes to like CrossFit, you mentioned you do like for like six years. Where did, did you do it before in classes or did you do the gym? Did you do the garage? Uh, a good question. Interesting um, conversation around that. So one of our other fellow coaches here, Brent Davidson, that coaches the teens and does Sunday classes as well. Um, we were working out at Gold's 
and uh, and of course we were just doing you know a little bit of Olympic lifting here and there, and getting into that. And then uh, Brent was like, "Oh, you, have you ever watched CrossFit?" And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "You need to check this out. Google this guy Froning." So I googled Rich Froning, and I watched like a couple videos on YouTube of him. And then I watched some of the CrossFit games from the year before, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this looks amazing. Yeah. Well, outside of the fact that I was obsessed with Rich Froning. It's just like <laughs> yeah. beautiful sculpture. So we started doing some CrossFit workouts together at Gold's, and this is probably six years back. So we weren't going to a CrossFit gym. We were utilizing what we could within the Gold's gym in Calgary. And then uh, we started expanding out and trying out some classes here or there. And when we would go traveling together, we would go check out some CrossFit gyms. And then that's uh, sort of when it took off from there. So we didn't really join a CrossFit gym, have a membership. We just did our own thing. We followed a couple CrossFit gyms and the programming they had right. and did that. And then, yeah, when, when Moirai came about, it was just sort of a great opportunity. So when it comes to coaching, um, like that's one thing. There's a lot of people that are passionate about CrossFit, but not necessarily would ever make good coaches or just don't want to get into coaching. When it comes to coaching and, you know, talking in front of people, because that's one of the things that you obviously have to do most when you coach, like, and you coached more when you first started with Mirai than you do now. But at the same time, like, how did you, what kind of skills did you have in front of talking in front of people? I mean, like, I know you were a DJ before too, so that helps. But like, yeah, how did you get that skill of talking in front of people and being comfortable with that and being comfortable with just being in a room full of people and you being, quote unquote, the expert of the coach? Yeah, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head. I think it was the whole DJing path. Um, I started DJing when I was 16 years old. I think I did my first sort of live show at 18 as soon as I was allowed into bars um, at Metro Nightclub. And Metro. It, yes, Metro. Yeah. And I think there was about 300 people there watching me DJ, and I was the most nervous I've ever been at this point. Um, I wanted to, I, I think I almost passed out a couple times. <laughs> I don't think having a couple of vodka sodas really helped me relax or anything. Um, but it really was the DJing stuff that, that helped me get into that. And then my, my full-time gig, which is an IT manager, um, I speak in front of a lot of people. I have to do a lot of Skype meetings. I have to sit in front of board rooms with multiple, you know, higher up people yeah i'm um, in that room so i think once i started coaching crossfit the first couple classes i was very nervous sure um but then after that it was just kind of it just kind of feels natural to me to to speak to people and and help coach them i've coached my son's hockey team for five or six years and that really helped as well speaking to parents speaking to to kids and teens and stuff like that so i think it was just kind of one of those things i just naturally fell into where i enjoyed performing or talking or teaching or coaching people right so mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense uh like i said before ryan's got a ton of energy and and it's super fun to be around so i think i think that that part of the job comes pretty naturally to him which is good uh and he's super personable so and approachable so there's i don't see any issue I, I wouldn't see any issue with uh, Ryan leading a class or anything like that, and I haven't seen any issues. When it comes to, like, coaching style, did you try to style yourself as a certain coach? Did you just let yourself be who you are, or did you look up to a certain coach and think, I want to be like this guy? Um, with Brent and I checking out CrossFit gyms, like I would mentioned, you sort of try to find that, that coach that you can mimic um, once you get started. So I did have a couple coaches that I seen that were sort of you know, kind of like energetic and bubbly. And I tried to follow after them. But I think like, like you said, Eric, your personality starts to take over when you're coaching. 
And if you're a very outgoing, going bubbly person, it kind of just naturally becomes your way of coaching. So you have to find that. Sure. But I definitely did try to mimic some coaches I, I had seen in the way that they did things, picked up on cues that they did the way they talked to, to people. And then I think as a CrossFit coach, as you become more comfortable with the athletes that you see more often, or you get more comfortable with figuring out athletes and how they move as you progress as, uh, as being a coach, um, it becomes your own style. Um, if you were to ask me now, if, if I feel like my coaching style is mimicking any other coach that I've gone to their classes or I've coached with, I don't really think so. Like I kind of feel like I've got my own style of coaching and, and yeah. Yeah, fair enough. What would you say is different or what were like your biggest learning mistakes or like learning cues when you first started coaching? Cause like, I know there's a lot of times when I look back at myself when I started coaching them, like, holy shit like what was i thinking what was i saying when i first started out like why would anyone in there with two ears and a brain think like or listen yeah. to what i was saying so like what were your learning cues off the start well i'm going to give you an example and this is a really horrible one but um i remember i was coaching a class that had air squats and there was a person that wasn't getting enough enough depth in their squat and i could tell it was because their feet were too narrow Mm -hmm. So I was a rookie coach. I think I was about a month into coaching and still nervous and still learning. And so everything is about cues and what you say and what you do. And I went up to this, to this um, athlete and I said, spread your legs more. <laughs> and as I said it, I kind of paused and I was like, what am I doing? Inappropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> inappropriate. And it's not something you say. It's move your feet apart more yeah, so that yeah. you can get into your squat. Take a wider stance. Yes. Yeah. But, it's, but it's an example of when you start coaching, I mean, really – those athletes, um, a lot of them are, are very junior to movements and you have to be very careful with words that you're using, um, you know, tactical cues, any of that stuff. So that's just sort of an example of as soon as I was done that class and I left, I went home, I sat down at the table and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to learn how to choose my words more yeah. wisely so that it's not awkward for the athlete and for myself. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I've gotten better at as a coach as well. Like, and just like, I haven't taken the level two like yourself. We're going to get into that. Um, but the, the difference of visual, verbal, and tactile, right? Like, yeah. I remember talking to one athlete in our gym like months ago when I first started here, and he wasn't getting depth on the squats. And I, I gave him the same cue about 35 times, and it probably sounded weird to everyone. I was like, just said, get lower. Like, and he just didn't understand it. Like, he didn't understand he wasn't going low enough. Yeah. When it comes to like yourself as a coach, because you've gotten a decent amount of education in a relatively short period of time, you get your level one, your level two. Your Olympic, am I missing one? Uh, no, I have uh, my scaling. Scaling, scaling well. yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that order of education and why you did them, I guess, in that order or what you value most from each of those parts. Right. So uh, level one would have been over three years ago now. Um, that was very nerve-wracking, especially the test. I mean, we've all taken it, so we know. Um, that was the very basic nine fundamental movements. Um, and I don't know that level one overly touched on I felt – the coaching aspect of it. It yep. was really teaching you as an athlete how to move so that you can cross it. Right. Um, so that was the level one. And when I was done it and I took the, the test, I felt um, educated in the movements. Um, I don't know if I would overly say until I got more experience that I was really good with figuring out how to explain that to people because it right. wasn't really overly taught in the level one I felt. Um, that all came with the experience of, of coaching 
um, athletes and getting them to move and figuring out how do each of them move differently. Um, then, you know, I think a year and a half after coaching, after my level one, I went and took the level two. The level two was mind blowing. It was literally groups of, of 10 to 15 people being coached by yourself with four or five people from headquarters um, critiquing everything that you were doing. They were teaching you how to find incorrect movement, how to correct it. They were really drilling down on you, and it was very, very, very mentally draining by the end of the weekend. I remember I went to bed on the Sunday after the second day. I think I went to bed at 7, and I slept till 7 in the morning, 12 hours, because it was just <laughs> mentally exhausting. But it was the most I ever learned about how to cue people and help them move, and I had a year and a half of experience. So level two w was huge for me. And then, um, like you touched on, the next one was the Olympic lifting course, and that was the one – I love Olympic lifting. I think most CrossFitters that get into CrossFit when they start getting better at snatches and cleans and overhead squats, front squats, back squats, like that becomes a thing that you really start to yeah. enjoy. And for me as a coach, it's also one of the hardest things to teach people is how to properly Olympic lift. It's easy as an athlete to go do it when you have the form and you've been practicing for years, but extremely hard, I feel, to coach people. So when I took that Olympic lifting certification, I felt like I tripled my knowledge of how to help athletes and members move a barbell overhead or move a barbell onto, you know, the front rack position into a clean. So that course, I think I took the most from over a weekend. And it was just, it was amazing, simply amazing. Yeah, yeah, I remember you raving about it um, that weekend or the after, after you took that course and I, I tried to make a point to get you coaching as much as much Olympic, yeah. Olympic movements as, as we can without it getting too repetitive week to week. But having, having gone through all of, all of that education and obviously level one, level two, Olympic lifting, I think out of everybody, you have actually the, the widest Thanks, knowledge man. space right now, which is really good. It's really good to have somebody like that coaching at the gym mm -hmm. i think eric and i are on our way to getting a couple of those things yep. soon yeah. enough but i think um i think eric's olympic lifts have got much better since he started working out with me after i took that yeah too. yeah, yeah. yeah he keeps, keeps yeah. his hips up fair enough keeps his back nice and straight yeah definitely improved why'd yours get worse because <laughs> <laughs> i'm busy coaching yeah. you <laughs> that's what i always tell people those you can't do teach yeah um when it comes to like you know, you mentioned kind of your lifestyle outside of coaching. You're a busy dude. You work in probably at least 40 hours a week. Never mind, like, never mind your commute. Never mind, like, the three kids that I know at least two of them are in, like, sports all the time. Why do you coach, like, first off? And, like, second off, I tell us a little bit about, like, the transition in terms of hours. Because, like I said, there's times a year when you coach more. There's times when you coach less. Like, I know around Christmas you basically picked up all of my holiday hours. Yeah. Um, and when you're off, you love coaching, but how has that changed since you've, I guess, progressed in life? Yeah, I think, um, when I had first met with Carrie and Kyler, my, my plan three years ago really was, I wanted to be a full-time CrossFit coach. I love coaching CrossFit. I love inspiring people by coaching them or helping them learn how to move better. I love watching the reward of, of people when they you know, they get PRs or they, or they figure out a movement right. or they just get overall healthier. Um, that was three years ago. And then, and my life has obviously changed quite a bit. Um, like you mentioned, I, I have three kids and, and I have them week on week off. And so I'm spending a lot of time with them the weeks I have them. 
and the weeks I don't is where I try to get, you know, my fitness in and, and, um, coaching for me had to sort of take a bit of a backseat. I couldn't coach as much like Eric had mentioned when we first opened, I was coaching a lot and that had to drop back just based on my lifestyle and changes and things that yeah. happened over the past three years of my life. So I do work full time. Um, that's probably 40 to 60 hours a week because I'm on call all the time as a, as a manager for Suncor. Um, and then coaching really dropped down to, you know, just a couple days a week. And, and it's as disheartening as it is for me because I love it so much. Yep. Um, I quickly realized that just where my life was at, it wasn't something that I could pursue full time and be able to keep the lifestyle for my kids that they currently have. So coaching really did just become a part-time thing for me. Um, that being said, the classes that I do coach through the week, I try to make those the best, you know, couple hours a week of, of my time for other people. And I'm, I try to make sure it's, it's the best hour that they have in a day. Um, if class is over and I'm not getting a high five or a hug from one of the members on the way out the door or a thank you or a fist pound, then I don't feel like I've done my job to make sure that they have the best hour of their day. But like, why? Cause like you could, you would be like, most of us are sleeping at five fifteen in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us like like <laughs> you're not though? doing Why? it. Yeah, you're not doing it for a salary. Like you're not yeah. like let's be honest, you're not driving in here with a Ferrari because you're getting paid to coach. Like it's not yeah. it's not for the monetary reason. Like what do you get out of coaching personally? Um one of the main reasons I got into coaching and into CrossFit was I, I really hoped that it was going to make a change in not, not just necessarily members and the athletes that I was coaching, but my family as well. Um, both sides of my family, there's, there's obesity on, on both sides of family. There's very, very much unhealthiness. There's diabetes. Um, there's a lot of just very unhealthy people. Um, my parents are divorced, so I have very, very big families and diverse families on both sides. And really, there isn't a side of my family that you look at and go, wow, they are a really healthy family. Um, so one of the, the primary reasons I got into CrossFit, fell in love with it, progressed through it, became a coach was I was really hoping in the back of my mind that that would inspire, um, my family members to, to become healthier people. Um, my sister and brother-in-law who live up by Edmonton six, seven months ago, finally got into CrossFit, love it, lost tons of weight, performing yeah. amazing. My sister's going to CanWest games with the team. Oh, wow. So that to me was, was the primary reward was my family taking a step forward to go, look what Ryan does and look how he's trying to lead a healthier life and look what he does for members and athletes that come to CrossFit Moirai. So that really is one of the primary reasons that I got into coaching. And it's also just for the love of watching somebody just become a healthier overall human. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot like you can, you kind of can't get into coaching if it's just about you. Yeah. Like it might work for a little bit, but eventually that's going to die down. Like you have to be able to, to enjoy giving back to other people. Yeah. When it comes to like the community at Mirai, you basically, you're a first coach hired. Yeah. You've Fun seen, fact. you know, you've seen a ton of people go in and out. What have you seen, I guess, in terms of the community built over three years, three years. Yeah. Three, three years. years. Um, and how has that changed? And what's it like today? Like what, what do you get out of the community here? Uh, it's a good question. I think, when it comes to a CrossFit gym and it comes to CrossFit, everybody knows CrossFit's constantly varied. Mm -hmm. I think a community within CrossFit also becomes constantly varied, right? Um, a lot of people have things going on in their lives. People step away from CrossFit or from the CrossFit gym 
um, for a short time or a longer time, come back. We've seen lots of members that that leave and then a year later come back or just take the summer off or, you know, because life is crazy and things are always going. Totally. Um, I, I love the community here. There's tons of people that work out here that I'm very good friends with. And those friendships would have never happened if it wasn't for CrossFit. Right. There's 130 people that we have that go here that if I was to walk past them in Safeway and Moirai wasn't in Chestermere, I wouldn't know who those people are. Um, so the community's a huge thing and it's, it's nice to go out and, you know, hit a restaurant at night to go for food and you see like 20 people in there, you know, and you can just swing by and say hi and they talk to you about the workout they just did or, oh my goodness, did you do this workout today? It was so much fun or, oh, I had so much fun you coaching me in that workout or I learned so much. So the community is, is something that's huge. Like I said, with coaching hockey for five years, I met a lot of parents through that, but coaching and working out with those athletes and members is, is something else. Yeah. I always say like when I, I like CrossFit because, you know, immediately when you, when you join a new gym, you basically, I mean, it's called, but I mean, you're, you're getting like, <laughs> you're getting a ton of just automatic friends, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're automatically buying into, you know, seeing a, a ton of different people that, um, will eventually become people you go for dinner with, go for breakfast with. Like we just came back from a, a group of like 10 of us just going yeah, for breakfast. Just breakfast. It, it could have been even bigger, right? Because like just it was, it's an open invitation once we're, hey, we're going for breakfast yeah. at such and such place. If you're in, come on over. Um, that's one of the best things I kind of like about CrossFit for sure. Absolutely. Because yeah. I think when, as soon as you walk in the door, you're immediately surrounded by people who are like-minded as Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's, it's just super easy to get along. And I think the, the way we integrate new people into not just Moirai, but CrossFit all over in general is really good at just integrating new people and making them feel comfortable in spite of what you see on the internet and people yeah. being freaked out about it mm -hmm. and things like that. Like once, once they're in here, I think they realize that it's, it's different than what they think in all the best ways possible. Absolutely. So where do you see like yourself going in the future, both with coaching and just CrossFit in general? Like you're 40 now, uh, it's super young, like lots of, lots of, lots of time left in your career. Um, do you, where do you see yourself going as like a coach, but also like athletic wise, do you want to do CrossFit into your seventies? Like, do you want to die under a barbell? Like what, <laughs> what's your thought there? Uh, I, I love coaching a couple days a week. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, as, as long as, as Carrie loves having me around here, I don't ever want to stop doing that. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I really feel like all of our members are amazing. Those members that want to get up that time in the morning, they are really here to drill their fitness before their day starts and they have to deal with children and sporting events and everything else at night. I, I don't ever want that to change. Um, I, do, I do feel the love for Olympic lifting. Um, I do feel like it would be cool at one point to take on, you know, multiple clients at Olympic lifting and teaching them how to flow and move. And so I think that's sort of my next step is just becoming a, a, a better CrossFit coach and continuing to grow and also becoming a better Olympic lifting coach and learning and learning how to teach people to move. Yeah, I think that's, that's really where I'd like to see it going. Um, I wish it could be something that's full time, but at this point in my life, I don't feel like it can be. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it might someday be that way. You never, you can never really know what the future holds. Like you said, you've had like a, a decent amount of transition in your life over the last um, like couple of years, but you also have like two young kids, right? So it's easier for a, 
25 year old bum who has no responsibility <laughs> yeah. besides his dog to, <laughs> yeah. to have to worry about things like that. Oh, you have a dog too. You have more responsibility than I do. One question I had about the Olympic list stuff, like that's one I find we talked about cubing earlier and it's also like, it's more important to even kind of glance over it again because like the snatch and the clean and jerk are such complex things that oftentimes as coaches, we can say really long things like some of my, my mentor always told me like, why use a million dollar word when you can use a two cent word. Yeah. Right. And it's like the idea of like someone's hitting the snatch and you're, and you gave them about 35 things to work on while they're working <laughs> on the snatch. Like, Hey, you need to, you know, pop your hips, jump and keep that bar close with your elbows extended and pushing up to the bar. Like, what the hell does that mean? So how do yeah. you get better at that over time of just cueing people and being better at spotting things, but spotting the thing that's the worst to improve on first? Yeah. So to answer that question, just taking a step back, sometimes as a coach, the hardest thing in CrossFit is when you take a, an Olympic movement and you throw it into a Metcon or a WOD. Absolutely. Um, if you've got a class that you're doing power snatches and rowing and wall balls, um, you, you warm up and you get that movement ready, but really as a coach, because of the interaction that you have with everybody, when a Metcon is, on, is, is going on, as coaches, we don't stop an athlete unless there is a risk of injury. If that athlete is moving and they move okay, teaching them a power snatch in the middle of a Metcon or a wad is extremely hard. <laughs> um, and you need to give one word cues. Um, so to answer your question, when I took the Olympic lifting course, one of the first things they taught us was, uh, let's use a squat snatch for an example. You could have somebody that doesn't have their hips high enough, their feet are too close together, their hands aren't wide enough, and their back just is like slumped over and they look like they're just going to pull something as soon as they start pulling that barbell off the ground. One of the first things they taught us is, it's, it's to your point, it's a single cue. Give them one cue that's going to make them feel like they are better sna uh, squat snatchers than giving them 10 different cues. And if you give them one cue in that day, and they feel like they just made an improvement in the short time that you have with them, then you've just, you've moved mountains with that, yeah, with that athlete. Win. That's a win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. So one cue, maybe two other than that, that's enough, right? Unless it's a class where you're really focusing just on an Olympic movement for a full 45 minutes. Yeah. I think even like you mentioned like multiple movements in a Metcon, but even something like Isabel, or even grace, like where you're doing just 30 of the same thing. If you watch most people, their first snatch or their first clean and jerk looks great. And then gradually it just goes downhill. Yeah. Myself included, like my 30th clean and jerk on grace is not pretty. <laughs> um, like, so like you can see how movement gets much different over there. And obviously we strive for perfection in movement as you know, as you're doing 30 reps or whatever happens to be. But you know, it's super important to think about that, that from a, a holistic perspective of trying to to do really good movement um no matter what other work what other movements or workouts you have inside of that olympic lift because those are like really high complex movements. yeah absolutely yeah. do you find i want to pose this question to both of you do you guys find that your your coaching style basically will mimic your learning style like for example i'm a very visual learner if you show me something I will, I will copy, like I'll copy what you're doing and, and work through it until I think it looks like what it's supposed to look like. Some people just can take audio audible cues really yeah. well. Um, my, I always, not that I don't use tactical cues, but that always seems the one that I default to last. I agree. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. Just I cause agree. I, just yeah. cause I don't learn if I was gonna as much them, that way. Yeah, yeah. I would probably say visual, verbal, and then tactile. Like there's yeah. been plenty of times where 
I've been told like pop my hips verbally and yeah. just don't get it. Right. And then you show me or, or like even tactile sometimes works a little bit better. Like, or like tell me what I'm supposed to feel. Then it's a little bit different than right. like, cause I remember at my level one, we, I think we were doing snatches and she kept saying like pop your hips and we must've gone over the same <laughs> times and she tried, yeah. like she was trying and she did a really good job eventually. Cause eventually what she got was jump. And that taught me to pop my hips. Like yeah. it's, it is a trial and error process, but I definitely agree with you. In yeah. That. Yeah. I think so since this is my third year and I'm not saying because I have all that knowledge of it, but I've found over the past three years, a lot of it also depends on the athlete, right? So yep. if you know the athlete or the member and you know That's that if you yeah. say, push your knees out, that athlete's going to get that, do that, that um, cue, that verbal cue, then I will do that. If it's an advanced athlete or an yep. intermediate, we'll say. Um, but then there's those athletes that I know if I say step aside, stand beside the barbell and watch me, I'm going to show you what you're doing. And yeah. then I'm going to show you what I want you to do. Um, there are a lot of athletes, especially any of the new athletes that can take that and say, Oh, okay, now I get it. If they're slumping and hunched over, we, we as coaches are great at being very melodramatic with our, <laughs> Hey, this is what you're doing. Yeah. And this is what I want you to do. Um, but as soon as people see that, you know, 90% of your athletes are going to see that, that visual and go, Oh, now that makes sense. Cause I can feel that that's what I'm doing with my back. So I think it really does. It is, it is member athlete based. Sure. Um, and as coaches, I think that's what, what we strive at being good at is, is knowing an athlete for five to 10 minutes, even if they're new yep. and understanding if they, if they can take verbal or visual or tactical cues. I, mean, right? I think that's one of the things that helps us here at Mariah too, is we have relatively low coach turnover. So, like, you've been here for three years. I've only been here for eight, nine months. I've been here for only two years. years. Two, two years. I've been here two years. So, like, yeah. you know most of the members. Um, yeah. And, like, even, I've been here for nine months, and I, I could tell you when someone walks in and we're doing a certain movement, I know how they're going to move already. You right. definitely know that as well. So, that helps to, to know, like, I'm not going to use a certain cue on Justin, for example, because yeah. I know it doesn't work with him. Yeah. Um, and it just helps to, to understand your athletes really, really well because you don't have to waste the the 30 cues of you trying to t tell them to do totally. something right and just tell them what works and i know for you two you guys coach a majority of the classes here yep. right you guys are the full-time coaches at moirai someone like me I, because i only get to coach a couple times a week i really try to strive at making classes where i can come and and even though we're working out and i don't know if you guys feel this way but if you're working out in a class we still have that coach's eye going on where we're Always. looking around the yeah. room and we see how someone's moving and we're not like, oh, that's horrible. We're just like, if I was coaching that athlete right now, I may tell them to do this. Yeah. And the next time you see that athlete in your class, and if that movement is in that workout, then you remember from when you yeah. work out with them. So that's why I'm a huge supporter of coaches coming out and working out in class with people. Right? I think that I've seen, I've had a couple classes where it's been like 14 people and a couple, and I think it was Olympic lifting. And we had like 14 people and there was a couple people that were like really, really new to like a snatch. And I remember being like, hey, can you, to have a look at these people over here i'm going to take the beginners over here and really keep a close eye on them but like yeah just have a glance at them and like yeah. it's totally you're not coaching the class but like your expertise can, can definitely lend to to classes as well right. like it's you're still able to help members even if you're working out as well mm -hmm. yeah and i think that happens automatically i i'm in any room whether it's I'm, a, I'm in one of our classes or maybe I'm dropping into a class in another gym. You, you end up being a coach. You just end up yeah. seeing things all the time and, and you make, you make notes of things. And if some, you know, if somebody were to come up to ask me like, Oh, like, what should I do? You know, to make my clean better, I'll give them a little tip or anything like that. Obviously you don't take over the class, but 
yeah, I think I think that just happens automatically. And for, yeah. for guys like us who have been doing it as long as we have, you, you can't help but see people's right. movements no matter what. Yeah, uh, down uh, downtown at Suncor, we have a, a CrossFit gym on our third level. And if you walk by, there's actually windows so that you can see in. And I catch myself doing that too, where I'll peer in and I'll see a guy doing a back squat. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I just need five minutes with that guy. <laughs> and I can improve his back squat, right? Where he's getting his fitness and he's happy. But as a coach, you want to see your athletes be safe, even if they're athletes that you don't coach. Um, you mm. see a movement. And, and that's, I think, one of the things about great, that's great about CrossFit is as coaches, we really want to see our members moving safely and correctly, totally. right? So That's one of the things, like, I, I just, from spending so much time in, like, quote-unquote corporate gyms or like um university gyms was just watching like horrible movement yeah. like, i just can't stand by and watch this crap like it's just yeah. some of the stuff you see with a deadlift like rounded back just pulling with their <laughs> with their like their butt high in the air like what is going on yeah. so yeah definitely i understand that for sure um that's pretty much it. Yeah. I was going to say a couple of rapid fire questions. Sure. Um, oh, shoot. Is this like the 22nd drill or what did yeah. they do on Brim Bergeron? It's got to be like the first thing you think of. Okay. okay These are like long questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Favorite workout? Uh, I think it's Murph now. Oh, we did Murph. We. I say we. I did that again. <laughs> they did Murph today. I think, it's, I think it's a good test. So I think Murph's going to be my new favorite. Favorite movement? Uh, like squat low- snatch. Ooh, squat snatch. Yes. Um, proudest moment as a coach Ooh. oh crap how long do i get 20 seconds <laughs> um i think it was just watching all the athletes in the open this year open's a good one yeah what uh, was your first workout first workout i ever did was fran fran Ooh. oh yeah do you remember your time yeah it was like 10 30 or something yeah, like that's that that's awesome so my was, first friend was 11 34 yeah it was pretty bad i did it after two years being into it so count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I quickly understand. I was like, oh, I understand. This is why this. My intro. Today. My intro. I did Fran. Oh, oh that's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Um, CrossFit AI. <laughs> proudest moment as an athlete. Uh oh, I have to say it was probably the bar muscle up. Okay. Oh, that's how long did you? How, when did you get your bar muscle up? Oh, I think I was coaching for a year before I got my bar muscle up. So like oh. three years into CrossFit, but it, I really didn't work on it sure. enough. And then every every morning before I coached class, I came in and I. Yeah. practiced and practiced and did practiced. You get, did you get rings first? Uh, I did get rings, yeah. yeah. Me, too. Yeah, Me too. Most hated movement. Most hated movement is handstand walks. <laughs> <laughs> um, thing that shows up on that day and you have to get the gym? Oh, definitely anything Olympic. So squat snatches, squat yeah. cleans. Yeah. Lifting, lifting, lifting. Yeah. In a wad or? In a wad too. In a wad? Yeah. Uh-huh. Snatches, snatches and power cleans or squat cleans, all that's my favorite. Um, I can't think of them. I think I'm out. That's yeah, it. I'm out of, I'm out of awesome. Well, thanks oh, for joining us, Ryan. Favorite CrossFit oh. athlete. Oh, favorite CrossFit athlete. Of all times, got to be Rich Froning. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah the champ. Yeah, um, I think that's everything. Yeah. The champ is here. Thanks so much, Ryan. We appreciate okay. having you on. Thanks, guys. That was uh, fun. Come back anytime. Yeah, um, I'm sure we're going to have you on. As yeah. Is this so my maybe. segue into being on uh, Refocus on Refocus Nutrition? I think it's to, a thing, right? To be determined. To yeah. be determined. Though, right? um, do you want to plug like your Instagram or anything like that? Oh, uh, I don't even know what my Instagram is. I think it's my DJ name. DJ Byzantine. Byzantine. B I Z I N T I N E. And yeah, his music is uh, worth it alone to get up at five fifteen, and like that's a tall order because five fifteen. He's got some good really, mixes. He's got yeah. some good mixes. Really sucks. Like a good Metcon mix. It's, yeah, it's good stuff. 
Awesome. awesome. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, stay tuned for more features on our other coaches. And like I said, we'll probably have him back on too. Perfect. See Thanks, ya. guys.